0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. For the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> this is the Raiders Wire podcast. Powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor, Marcus Mosher. Well, we have issues with the trainer first.
1: We have to see who's healthy and um. You know, there's going to be special teams considerations. We got a lot of things to consider, so I'm not going to say too much today. But there were some guys that uh, got a great opportunity for three straight weeks uh, to showcase where they are, what they're capable of doing, and uh, we'll do what we think is right for our team.
0: There's more John Gruden for you, Marcus. I don't know. I probably play too much Gruden sound on this show. I probably, you know, I got to, I got to find some more sound. But he's just a beautiful man. He's turning. He's 58. It looks good out there at that podium. You've got the guns out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, life goals with uh, John Gruden for me.
1: Yeah, and he still is uh, as entertaining as ever. So, he yeah, is. kudos <laughs> to John Gruden.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he's talking right there about you know the final 53. We can't get too much into that because we're talking like right, at the, right on the cusp of the 53-man roster. Correct. It hasn't officially come out yet when we're recording. So we'll talk around that a little bit. I wanted to start this week, Marcus, kind of continuing a conversation we had last week. We were talking about... Gruden leveraging those joint practices over the preseason games, holding his starters out. Well, now we've gotten to the end of the preseason. And he really did not play any of his true starters, right? I mean, like Derek Carr, mm-hmm. not one rep. We, we saw a lot of Nate Peterman. Unfortunately, more Nate Peterman. He played a lot of Nate cap. Peterman. Oh, that was crazy. You know, at least we got to see Trey Lance in this one. But uh, yeah, a lot of Nate Peterman. And no Derek Carr, no Darren Waller, no Kenyon Drake, no Josh Jacob. You know, so all these guys And we saw what happened to J.K. Dobbins, right? And as you tweeted on Sunday, like, how brutal is that to see Mm -hmm. guys like that go down? And we're seeing it across the league. Guys are getting hurt in the preseason games. So the Raiders, I guess we could say, from that regard, kind of healthy going into week one. That's a good thing. But can we expect it to pay off, Marcus? Like, if you don't play your top guys in live action, should we automatically assume that for Derek Carr... These first couple of weeks are going to be almost like an extension of the preseason. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to hit the ground running, are they? Like, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, Ryan, I mean, I think you already nailed it, right? Like, I think it already paid off for this team because they didn't have any big injuries. A a lot of the teams in the AFC, you know, have suffered injuries with J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne. and I mean, just having a fairly healthy team going into week one but you had a big advantage. So I, I think Gruden's plan worked. I'm not really worried about the rust because we saw last year, you know, this is a Raiders team that started the season off 2-0. and uh, They looked really good. They, their offense was clicking from the first, you know, game, and they had no preseason last year. So I'm not really worried about it. I'm more worried about the teams that they're actually playing early on in the season, yes. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. It's a pretty brutal start to the year. That's no going to be the bigger issue compared to the rust.
0: We'll talk more about that J.K. Dobbins injury a little bit later because uh, the Ravens are the week one opponent for the mm. winners, so we'll get into that. But, you know, speaking of Nate Peterman, you've got guys like Keelan Doss, Dylan Stoner, DJ Turner on the roster bubble out there playing, and uh, they're trying to catch passes from Nate Peterman, right? So, like, you got these great position battles going on, or, or the biggest position battles on the team, Marcus, uh, but, you know, they're they're still catching balls from Peterman, so... I hope those guys got a fair shake, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, they didn't get a fair shake. <laughs> they got Nate Peterman throwing every single pass to them. But so that's just part of the preseason game, I guess.
0: So what were your other uh, big takeaways from the Niners game? Uh, you know, Gerald McCoy kind of stuck out. Like, he was noticeable. Yeah. He played football in a long time, and he, he took advantage of it. Uh, amik robertson playing outside moving him from the nickel corner was a big uh kind of storyline going into that game and i thought it was interesting seeing guys like john brown carl joseph out there playing in this game when a lot of guys were left home so what does that say about those guys like are they just trying to get those two work i mean joseph for instance we thought was going to be a key depth piece coming back here and um, should we still be so sure like what what were your kind of your takeaways from the game
1: yeah, my takeaway is that Trey Lance should absolutely be the starter for the 49ers, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about on this podcast. Yeah. He is great. Yeah, he, he's going to be really, really good. Uh, for the Raiders, it, it's, it really wasn't too much about who didn't play, but it was who played. Right? You mentioned yeah. John Brown. Like He's a veteran receiver who is 31 years old, and he's playing in the final preseason game. Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards never took a snap in the preseason. So with him being at best wide receiver four, that's typically, you know, a, a position or a player that needs to contribute on special teams. So maybe John Brown was playing for a roster spot, if not in Las Vegas, for somebody else. Uh, it sounds like the Raiders have fielded some calls on John Brown, same with Willie Sneed. And then the same for Cleveland Farrell, right? I think that's somebody who is very, very interesting because yes. he's not a starter. He's got a fairly big contract, and the Raiders are probably going to play him behind Carl Massa uh, who is their third defensive end? So I would not be surprised if the Raiders get several calls over the next couple of days on those three players.
0: Now, that's interesting. I saw your article on uh, or, or the post on Raiders Wire about mm-hmm. Cleveland Farrell being potentially on the trade block. I was going to ask you, like, could he be a straight up cut, Marcus? Could they get to that point where they're looking at the 53, as Gruden was saying in that clip, and they're saying, Man, I don't know if Farrell even fits? Like, could he be a straight up cut? That could be one of those blockbuster cuts. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it would be pretty surprising if he's a cut because he is, I mean, he, he's not lived up to the fourth pick in the draft, but he's still a functional player in the NFL. Like yeah. he's probably a low end starter, but a high end backup. So for a team that just doesn't have a lot of pass rushers, I, I still think he makes sense.
0: One player that the Raiders actually have made a move for already is uh, Denzel Perryman, right? The linebacker, the mm-hmm. Bradley guy. What do you think of that move? I mean, he seems like, you know, with some injuries, you know, to that position. A guy that could step in, be hes a former starter for the Chargers, right? So a guy that could be a considerable depth piece, maybe.
1: It sounds like this is more of a move just to protect themselves in case Nicholas Morrow isn't ready. Because I do believe the starters are going to be Corey Littleton and Nick Kikowski to start the year. But they wanted another veteran guy to have play because Tanner Muse has never taken a snap in the NFL. Devine Diablo is a third-round pick who's transitioning from safety to linebacker, never played a snap in the NFL. I, I just think they wanted some guys that could play the run because, again, they're going to be playing the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first two weeks of the season. You better be able to stop the run against those two teams. So it was a cheap price. They didn't have to pay a lot of requirements, so I think it makes sense.
0: Do you think McCoy is going to have an impact this year?
1: I think he'll be an okay player. It's been 600 and something days since he's last played an
0: NFL game. It's been a while.
1: It's been a while. while. He's 33 years old. And even in the last season that he played in 2019 with the Panthers, his game kind of fell off a little bit. It was pretty clear he was getting older. And that was before he tore his quad with the Cowboys. So I don't think he's a guy that's going to get you double digit sacks anymore, or it's going to play, you know, 50% of the snaps or more. But as a rotational guy, I, I think he does make some sense.
0: So just, just so I heard this correctly, so you're not bu- you're not buying the Jimmy Garoppolo-Trey Lance uh, sub-in-sub-out formula the, the 49ers put out there? Uh,
1: no, you don't trade three first-round picks to sub in a quarterback. He, Lance, he might not be the week one starter, but you can bet by the end of September he's going to be the starter.
0: So Derek Carr as a fantasy football quarterback, would you consider him an option or maybe a sleeper? He actually finished in that range last year. I'm going to get Marcus's take on that coming up next. Last year, Marcus, Derek Carr passed for over 4,000 yards, 30 total touchdowns. He finished as the number 13 overall quarterback in terms of fantasy points. And I saw on Raiders Wire that he was ranked number 13 and on by some outlet, right, on the, on the list mm-hmm. of, of top quarterbacks. So he's right there on the cusp of a 12-team fantasy league as being a starter. Uh, definitely a high-end backup. Like, he's got... The new pass-catching running back this year to dump the ball off, too. Still have Darren Waller work in the middle of the field. We know he's healthy going into the regular season because Gruden didn't put uh-huh. him out there this summer. So buy or sell Carr car as a potential sleeper in fantasy if you want to wait and draft a quarterback late.
1: Oh, I'm buying it because, again, the price is really cheap. Uh, and then whenever they've been an underdog it, it you know, going into these games, he typically puts up some pretty big stats. Like against Kansas City last year, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, At home against Kansas City, 275 yards and three touchdowns. So in games where the Raiders are going to be big underdogs, and there's quite a few of them, and we'll mention this Baltimore game, those are the games where he tends to rack up a bunch of yards. Because he's pretty efficient, he completes around 68 to 69% of his passes. He does average about eight yards of attempts. If he can be a guy that averages 35 attempts in a game, yeah this is a quarterback that I absolutely want because he is so cheap because he can give you those you know league winning weeks give me derek Carr for you know a late round pick right now
0: get yeah and again four thousand yards through the air last year 30 touchdowns three of those were on the ground so he's got yeah he's got potential to put up some points um i like him too if i i you know who knows I, I'm kind of obsessed with getting Josh Allen this year. I don't know if you're a Josh Allen guy, Marcus, but I've am I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, got a man crush. I can't help myself.
1: So, I, I obviously, I love Josh Allen for fantasy, but my guy is Russell Wilson. I just yeah, think yeah. he's going to have a monster season. The offensive line is better. The receivers are really good. I, I think I like Russell a couple rounds later. Yeah,
0: he's cheaper, much cheaper. Yep. Uh, so, looking at the typical sportsbook app, the Raiders are four and a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home right now against the Ravens, uh, even with Dobbins going down. And I'm not so surprised because Marcus... First of all, the Ravens are a good team. People still, like, they tend to talk about the Ravens like it's 2019 still, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if the Ravens are still that team. Uh, But they're good. They're they're up there. And the Raiders, we just haven't seen them yet. There's some new pieces. We don't know how this is going to come together. We don't know about the defense. There's so many, like, moving pieces with the Raiders that we have not seen on TV yet. Maybe behind the scenes, the reporters have seen it, but we haven't seen it as fans in these preseason games. So it's hard to, like, kind of gauge. But this line, four and a half, I'm interested to see if it climbs anymore. If it climbs anymore, Marcus, I might be on the Raiders' side of it. And four and a half, it's almost tempting, too. I do feel like the Ravens are a little bit overrated in week one. Mm. That stadium's going to be hopping. Uh, And there's this element of the unknown with the Raiders. So four, I don't know if I would do it for four, but if you're going to give me the hook at four and a half, I might be able to talk myself into the Raiders right now, as we stand right now. I. That is subject to change. But what do you think? What's your gut? Ins- What's so, your gut reaction so, to this?
1: So all the Raiders fans are listening to this podcast are loving you right now, and they're gonna hate me in a second. <laughs> That's so what I'm here for. I think this line is way way off. I think the Ravens should be at least a seven seven and a half point favorite. So over the last three week one games for the Ravens, 2018, 2019, 2020. They scored a combined 144 points. Is that good? That's ab- that's absolutely insane. And then let's look at their defenses. Since 2016, they've allowed 7.0 points, 3 points, 10.6 points. That's pretty good. This is a Ravens team that just always starts so hot under John Harbaugh. It's a defense that's pretty good up front. I think they're going to be able to bully uh, Las Vegas' offensive line. And then the offense, it's just so hard to stop with Lamar Jackson. Do they have enough speed on defense to contain him? I don't think so. I just think this is a bad, bad matchup for the Raiders, and I'm taking the Ravens with ease.
0: So you don't think this Dobbins, how much does this Dobbins injury factor in, Marcus? Because this is a team that, as good as Lamar is, Mm. they do rely heavily on that misdirection run game. Right. And now we're talking so, about Gus Edwards being their number one guy. So, what do so you think? So,
1: I'm, drink, I'm drinking my coffee currently <laughs> out of a mug that says running backs don't matter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I uh, forget about this. Yeah. I, so know. Yeah, uh, I just think yeah. Here's the thing Gus Edwards is a really good running back. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry last year. There's not going to be a noticeable difference between him and J.K. Dobbins. They also have some guys they like in Tyson Williams and Justice Hill. Uh, I think they're going to be just fine. I'm not worried about it at all.
0: All right, so two weeks. I have two weeks to try to talk Marcus into liking the Raiders at four and a half here. So that, this, is, this is what this is what we're gonna have to so,
1: do. Whoa, whoa, look, look. So if we if we tease that line, we do a six point tease and we get it up to ten, ten and a half. Then are you taking the Ravens? And we gotta find a couple other games to parlay it with. <laughs> but that, that's where I get a little bit interested. But at four, four and a half, five. No way, I'm taking the Ravens there.
0: Okay, I, I just think I just think there's like just a little bit of a just this overrated piece to the Ravens. Okay. With okay. especially going back to 2019, and you could throw those stats about how how fast they start, but I feel like people still think that that team that just bulldozed the league two years ago, and I'm just not convinced okay. they're, they're still that team. But they could be, you know. I don't know. Uh, I feel like they're a little overrated, and I like the Steelers of that division.
1: Oh, now that is a spicy take there, Ryan. Now <laughs> I I don't disagree. You look at the odds there. I think they're probably what, around plus 450 to win the division. Yeah. That's that's pretty good considering this team was 11-0 last year and won the division. I, I think that's a pretty interesting bet. So uh, I think you might be one of the only people saying it, but I don't hate it.
0: <laughs> probably, and, and just just for the record, Marcus is way smarter than me, so you should probably <laughs> no, back the Ravens. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I don't hate that Pittsburgh
1: bet. It, it's pretty clear this is a team that's going all out for one year. The roster's pretty good. The schedule's not too bad to start the season. Kind of like it.
0: I do okay so me too I'm I think the the Steelers might be the most undervalued team in the in the whole in the whole league this year Marcus so we'll eight see. and a half
1: wins eight and a half wins oh, in their total like,
0: right now that's such an easy over I, I don't I mean, okay, I I agree I you. can't bet that ha- fast enough I, I, I all right uh, I'll give you another one how about plus 175 for
1: Pittsburgh to make the playoffs
0: I like it yeah I take yeah, it yeah I like it too Yep, I like it too and I think the bills at 10 and a half over under is another one that I just can't I can't see how the Bills don't win 11 games in the AFC East.
1: Well, I mean, if your Patriots are as good as I think they could be, they're going to be a little bit more of a struggle than people think.
0: They're not going to be that good. Okay. The, the okay. Tight ends can't I disagree. Even, they're not even healthy. The tight ends can't even get on the freaking field. It's like That's these right. guys, These freaking
1: That's guys. That's right. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. We, we, I'm interested in your Patriots.
0: So. You should, yeah, we should. We should talk about that because – Without the tight ends, Jacoby Myers is your number one receiver. And it's like, I love Jacoby, but my God. like
1: Hey, well, let's, let's tie this back to the Raiders, though, right? Like, Nelson Aguilar is, is still a pretty nice player. So, Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, I know the names aren't sexy, but two pretty good guys, if they can get at least one of their tight ends back with that running game, I think they're going to be just fine.
0: Uh, we need we need a quarterback. You know you know you know me. I have quarterback MD as a <laughs> You've got
1: one. You've got Mac <laughs> Jones.
0: I do. I think he's got a future. I do. Okay. I think he's got. A okay. I, I like him. I like him, man. I like that he's. You know he's got the look. He's got the look. Like you can is. just tell. Yeah. yeah there's he's something got, about him. There's like a. He's look got in the his hit. Eye. Yep. He's yep. got it. He definitely has it. Now he's holding the ball too long, but that's a that's you know that's a topic for another day. Uh, right. But he does look good. So anyway, Marcus, when we're back on here next week, we'll we'll have the full roster. We'll know Derek is going to play a game. We won't have to watch Pete mm-hmm. Peterman anymore. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be looking forward to real <laughs> football. So that's, that's it's all good.
1: Cannot wait. I'm excited
0: to do it. Great stuff as always. For Marcus, I'm Ryan O'Larry. We'll talk to you all next week.